uh, for your word this morning. We thank you uh, for this letter to a local church in Philippi, uh, which instructs them uh, so clearly about how to live. And Lord, we pray this morning, um, as we hear your word, um, Lord, that we would understand it. Uh, We pray more than that, um, that we would believe it, uh, that we would obey it, and that we would apply it to our lives, even this week. Uh, In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Uh, now I think I've got yes uh, I've got a picture up screen uh, on top of the screen. Um, don't know if anybody recognises what this is or has got exceptionally good uh, reading uh, reading eyes and can see. Uh, this is the honours board um, at Lord's Cricket Ground. Uh, this is where your name goes uh, if you're an exceptional cricketer. You've got to either score a hundred runs uh, at Lord's or take. Uh, five wickets. I think that's, that's, that's the criteria. So, despite Lord's being a really old cricket ground, uh, there's not that many names on the list. Um, as, a, as a boy, I guess that alongside possibly having my team's name on the FA Cup trophy uh, would have been a great goal uh, for me to aspire to. I wonder what you would like your name uh, to be associated with. Uh, maybe for some of you it's a kind of a sporting achievement, uh, something like that. Maybe uh, you'd like your signature next to a great piece of art um, or alongside a significant uh, new law that helps society. What would you like your name uh, to be attached to? Well, you probably wouldn't want your name to be attached to uh, what the two names that we get in our passage uh, this morning. Uh, Euodia and Syntica, uh, that's the pronunciation I'm going for and I'm sticking with it. Um, if you want to challenge me on that, that's fine. <laughs> if, you, if you know how the Greeks did it better than me, that's great. Uh, Euodia and Syntica are the only people mentioned in the book of Philippians by name um, other than Epaphrodites, other than the messenger uh, and Paul himself. But it's not a great association. Uh, it's not a great reason for them to have their names in the book, is it? Uh, because, because Paul is pleading with them. Uh, he's, he's arguing with them. He's wrestling with them, saying, please agree. Please make up. Please sort out this falling out um, that you've had. Um, and what I want us to see uh, this morning is that, uh, is that making up um, unity, good relationships within the local church... It's not just a nice additional kind of optional extra, something that helps things uh, move along, but something that is absolutely uh, vital. So uh, I, think, I think, have I got control? Or do you want to do it? Don't mind. Uh, if we can get the next slide up. That should tell us uh, that the big thing that we're going to see this morning in is that unity in the local church isn't optional. Um, it's a fundamental reality uh, essential both to what the church is uh, and to what the church uh, is called to do uh, as well. So, um, firstly, I want to kind of deal with this issue of what unity is, uh, why it's important. Um, so, I want to see that unity is real, uh, that unity is essential. Uh, and then we're going to, in the last, in the last part, try and work through uh, what it means for us practically uh, to pursue unity uh, together. So, first thing, unity Uh, is real. Unity in the local church um, isn't an optional extra, but it is a fundamental uh, reality. Um, Notice the way that Paul um, argues um, and pleads and entreats Yodia and Syntyche to agree. Um, He says in verse 3, he asks for the help of uh, someone else to get involved. He says, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. 
Um, at our church, we've been going through uh, Revelation uh, recently. We've come across this phrase, um, names, who are in, uh, names that are in the book of life quite a lot. Um, and at its very basic level, it just means Christians. Uh, it means those who've been saved by the Lord Jesus and who now have uh, a certain hope of heaven. Uh, and the reason that Euodia and Syntyche must agree, uh, and in the, indeed the reason why others must help them to do so, uh, is fundamentally one thing. They're Christians. They're believers. The reason that they have to agree is because they're both Christians. Their names are both written in the book of life. They're believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, They're sinners whose sins have been forgiven and who now share in the hope of heaven. And at a fundamental level, Paul is kind of saying, Yodia, Syntyche, you're already united. You're already placed together. You're already united as Christians, now live that out. You see, being a Christian um, and being part of a local church is not simply the same as being part of the same Rotary Club um, or being fellow members of the uh, Conservative or Labour Party, uh, insert what's appropriate to you or something else. Um, Fellow believers are not just like uh, people who band together who support the same football team, uh, however passionately uh, you do that. Now, there's a fundamental difference. There's a fundamental togetherness, a fundamental unity uh, which Christians share just because they are Christians. Uh, Ephesians 3, verse 6 says this, uh, This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Uh, Christians, when they're saved, are placed together in one body. It's an image which the New Testament uses time and time again. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, for example, um, it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Uh, Just as your finger is part of your body as much as your foot, so each individual believer is part of Christ as as much as the other. And because of Christ, not only have we been saved, Uh, But we have been made a people. We've been brought into a family. Uh, We're one body, if not uh, a a biological family. We're certainly a spiritual or a theological family. And that's got massive implications, hasn't it? Uh, I said earlier um, that I've got three small uh, young children. Uh, The oldest one, uh, Jacob, is just about to turn five. Uh, And quite often when he's playing with his sisters, uh, maybe he gets a bit frustrated with them, uh, a bit cross with them, we say... Be, be nice to them. Be nice to them. They're your sisters. And we don't say to him, be nice to them, because, you know, really, if you think about it, they've got their own personality quirks, and they're actually quite nice, and, you know, it'd be a lot easier for me and my mum if you would just get along. Okay, we do say that sometimes. Um, <laughs> but, but we just say at a fundamental level, we're a family. I, I'm your dad. These are your sisters. We have to get along because we're family. And it's the same here. It's the same in the local church. Because we are Christians, because we have been knit together in one body, because we've been saved to be a people, to be a family, we have to get along. We're already united. We're in this together. We've got to work out how that works day to day. And you can see the way that that works out in the way that Paul talks about and talks to uh, the Philippians. So if you were to flick back a couple of pages back to chapter 1 and verse 8, Uh, Listen to the way that Paul talks about the Philippians here. He says in verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. 
He longs for them. Uh, he uses the same word a little bit later on about Epaphroditus. It's like being homesick. He loves them. Uh, chapter 2, verse uh, 26, uh, talking about Epaphroditus, for he longs for all of you and is distressed because he heard he was, heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. They're family. They love each other. They worry about one another. And just before um, the verses that we're looking at this morning, verses 2 and 3, verse 1, um, Paul addresses the Philippians. He says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters... You whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. So when Euodia and Syntyche disagree and disrupt the unity which is enjoyed within the local church, this is what is at stake. This fundamental unity which Christians enjoy simply by the very fact that they are Christians. Unity is not just a nice word. It's not just a desirable but ultimately optional extra. No, it's a theological reality because of Jesus. Um, about 18 months ago, um, we, we left our previous church over in Gateshead um, to come and uh, lead Christchurch Fenham. And on the last day, um, the last Sunday, it, it was, as you might imagine, quite an emotional day. Um, as we said our goodbyes, even though we're just going over the river, um, you know, it's a world away, and <laughs> we said it was painful. It's painful. Uh, and somebody, uh, a friend of mine, came up to me and said, There's something wrong if it doesn't hurt when a member of the family leaves. Something wrong if it doesn't hurt when a member of the family leaves. Christians are those who both have their names in the book of life. We have a common family relationship we've got a common future we've got a common destination we've got a common lord that means something it means we are united already and we've got to work out what that looks like on a day-to-day basis unity is not optional um, but it's a fundamental reflection of what the church is Uh, but i want to say as well is that unity is essential uh, to what the church does as well if we can move that can i move that on next one yeah brilliant unity is essential uh, the end of this little block of teaching that Paul's in now um, is kind of uh, verse 7 or verse 9 where we get these uh, promises uh, from Paul to the Philippians uh, about peace from God, that they'll get this peace which surpasses uh, understanding. He's promising that though to a church which is not peaceful. Um, you'll have already seen as you've gone through Philippians um, that they face pressures. Uh, so from the outside uh, they face persecution uh, and from the inside Uh, There's division as well. Uh, And Paul addresses that very straightforwardly and practically. And he talks about these various things that they need to do in order to enjoy the fullness of peace uh, which God promises them. Uh, One of those things is to agree. One of those things is to maintain unity. The Philippians need to be united in order that they can withstand uh, the pressure coming from without in terms of persecution, people trying to attack them. Uh, and they need it in order to withstand what's going on inside the church, uh, the divisions that have arisen. Uh, Paul's been talking just in the last chapter, in the end of chapter 3, about some of the dangers uh, that the Philippians faced. Uh, his advice to them, though, uh, at the end of chapter 3, in verse 17, is that they join together in following his example. 
that they maintain unity and that they pursue together the example that he set for them. Unity is a fundamental reflection of what the church is, but it's also essential to what the church does. It allows the church to bear up under pressure from outside, and it allows the church to go confidently out uh, with the message of the gospel and to proclaim it to others. Uh, This is reflected as well in what Jesus says about how important it is um, to treat each other within the church well. Uh, So in John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, by the way that you treat other Christians, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you you love one another. Similarly, uh, a few chapters on, chapter 17, uh, Jesus prays for believers uh, and he prays that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Uh, that's an incredible prayer. If we had time to go into it, uh, there'd be brilliant stuff that we could get out of it. But Jesus prays that Christians would be united in the same way that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are united. That's incredible. But he says that's what the reality that we can expect is. That's how the rest of the world is going to tell that we are followers of Jesus, by the way that we love and care for each other. And so there's no room uh, for us to fall out and to disagree and to let that sit. So unity uh, is real. It's something that we share fundamentally as Christians because we're Christians. Uh, Unity is essential. It marks us out to the world as believers. Uh, It helps us to withstand the pressures that we might face as believers and it helps us to go out confidently with the gospel. Uh, The third thing that I want us uh, to spend most of our time looking at is that the fact that unity is worth pursuing. Unity is worth working at. Uh, Sometimes uh, when you open up the Bible it's really complicated, isn't it, just to get your head around what it's trying to say. Uh, That is not the case this morning. Uh, The command uh, from Paul to Yodi and Syntyche is really simple. He pleads with them. He entreats them. He says, agree. Sort out your differences. In the Lord, come together and restore right relationship. That's not difficult to understand, is it? It's just difficult to do. So how are we going to do it? How are we going to uh, obey this command uh, that Paul gives specifically to Euodia and Syntyche, but which I want to argue applies to all Christians? How are we going to do that? How are we going to agree? How are we going to be of the same mind? How are we going to pursue unity uh, together? Well, notice uh, a couple of things about this command. Um, first thing I want us to notice is that disputes um, are not uh, and cannot be an accepted part of Christian life. Agree not to disagree. Um, Euodia and Syntyche are named in this passage, but really it could be anyone, couldn't it? Uh, We're not told anything about the nature of their disagreement, uh, why they fell out in the first place, who's right, who's wrong. We don't know anything about that. Uh, Further, there's nothing to cast doubt uh, on the godliness of these women. Instead, the opposite is true. We're we're reminded, aren't we, uh, that previously uh, these women were co-workers with Paul Uh, in the gospel that's what it says isn't it so the command here though specific uh, to Euodia and Syntyche uh, is universal I think it applies to all Christians we ought to agree with one another disputes are not an acceptable part 
of Christian life. You say, right, that doesn't sound very realistic, does it? Well, rather, I should say that unresolved disputes are not to be an accepted part uh, of Christian life. We are sinners. Uh, We are imperfect people. At the very least, that means that we're going to rub each other up the wrong way sometimes. More likely, we're going to significantly hurt people or we're going to be hurt by others. Uh, Matthew uh, chapter 5 verse 24 makes provision uh, to interrupt worship and to go to leave your gift uh, and to go and reconciled, uh, be reconciled with your brother, be reconciled with your fellow Christian. Uh, that presupposes, doesn't it, that there are going to be times within a local church, even a local church that, that generally loves one another, where we fall out, where we disagree, where we hurt one another. There wouldn't be an instruction about what to do when that happens, would there? In fact, you see a similar instruction uh, even in the instructions about how to go about selling, uh, celebrating the Lord's Supper. Uh, Paul criticises uh, the, the Corinthians and says, there's division among you. You need to sort that out. You don't want to approach the Lord's table uh, with division, with argument, with strife between you. Uh, so fundamentally, let's agree not to disagree. Let's agree that when we have fallings out, that's a problem. We can't just let it lie. We can't just say, well, there's enough of us around here. You know, I can be friends with my friends. They can be friends with their friends. We'll just not bring it up. It'll be fine. No. Agree. Agree in the Lord. Um, the second thing is to apply the gospel uh, to yourself first. How are we going to forgive? How are we going to get over um, disagreements? How are we going to get over them when we've been hurt? When maybe we've got a legitimate case to say we've been wronged. How are we going to do that? Well, uh, flip back with you to chapter 2 uh, and verse 1. Paul's going to use some uh, really uh, similar language here. Uh, So uh, Paul talks in uh, chapter 4 verse 2 about agreeing with each other in the Lord or uh, some translations have it being of the same mind. Uh, And he uses that uh, that terminology here in chapter 2 verse 1. So Paul says, If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, by agreeing, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. How do you get over disagreement? How do you get over falling out? How do we, how do, we do that together? Well, we apply the gospel to ourselves. Uh, those questions uh, which Paul gives there, if there's any encouragement from being united with Christ, they're not question marks. He's saying, yeah, there's massive encouragement from uni- being united in Christ. Put that into action. Remember when someone wrongs you, that you've wronged God. What was God's response to you wronging him? What was God's response to you sinning against him? Well, his response was to send his son to die on a cross for you. And so we must imitate that. We must live out that gospel in the way that we relate to each other. We must forgive other people because we ourselves have been forgiven. That's where the power to do so comes from. Not from just kind of sucking it up and saying, I guess it would be easier if we did agree. Going to God, going back to the cross, realising that each one of us is a forgiven sinner and forgiving others and accepting others in the same way. 
agree not to disagree apply the gospel to, your first, uh, to yourself first uh, make the first move uh, I said before we don't know much uh, about or anything indeed about this falling out between Yodia and Syntica uh, who's in the right who's in the wrong uh, has Yodia got a strong point really Syntica really should work out that she did something pretty bad she should go and ask for forgiveness we're not, we're not told that and I think one of the reasons that we're told, not told that is because the instruction to both women is the same. Paul pleads with both of them and asks them to agree. He doesn't say, Syntica, you sort yourself out. Go back to Eurydia. He doesn't say, Eurydia, you got this wrong. You need, to, you need to repent and come back. He says to both of them, pleading with them, agree in the Lord. It's easy, isn't it, sometimes for us to kind of justify our own behaviour and to kind of say well you know I didn't really do anything wrong so I was kind of waiting for the other person to forgive uh, to ask for forgiveness then yeah maybe I'll listen to them that isn't the advice that Paul gives he just simply says agree I think it means that we need to take the first step whether you feel that you're in the right and you've been wronged go and take the first step what might that first step be well I suggest that one of the best things that you can do uh, if you're in a falling out if you're in a disagreement with another believer especially one in the local church is to commit to praying for them if you're not the stage where you can't can speak to them about it first pray pray to God uh, pray that he would help you to apply the gospel to this situation pray that he would soften your heart Pray that you'd help the other person to understand why you feel wronged. Pray that you'd help you to agree in the Lord. And then go and make the first step. Go and speak to that person. Go and ask someone else uh, to help you, ask to talk it through. Go make the first step. Uh, the fourth thing and the final thing uh, is to help each other. Uh, notice that's what Paul uh, instructs us to do here uh, in chapter 4 uh, verse 3 uh, he calls on uh, this low yoke fellow we don't know exactly who that is it might be Epaphrodites it, it, it might be someone else I think it applies to the church as a whole help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers so other people are involved whose names are in the book of life help them someone else help someone else come alongside and help these women resolve this dispute for the sake of the church, for the sake of the gospel. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean that we're to become busybodies. Uh, that's not what Paul is advocating. But there's a difference between being a busybody, isn't there, and just letting things slide. We've already said uh, that we are not to agree that we can disagree. We're to help people. We're to help each other who's fallen out. We're to pray for them. We're to call one another out and say, disunity is deadly to us as a church. We've got to sort this out. How can we do it? How can we help you? Jesus says, doesn't he, blessed are the peacemakers. I'm sure that he means that within the church uh, as well as without. We are to call one another to unity. We're to pray for one another. We're to mediate uh, between one another and to help each other to get over our differences and perhaps as you uh, hear these words this morning as you read them over um, there is someone very much in mind uh, as we look at this perhaps it's someone who has hurt you who you need to forgive 
Perhaps uh, it's someone that you know that you've hurt and that you need to ask for forgiveness from. My urge to you this morning uh, is to agree in the Lord. To do it. To take action. Unity is precious and important. It's vital to the health of this church is vital to the health of every church. Uh, you're going to spend eternity uh, with these people whose names are in the book of life. Let's get on with them now. Let's get ready for that. For the sake of the peace that you'll enjoy, for the sake of protecting the church that you love, for the sake of being effective witnesses for Christ, agree in the Lord. Be united. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word. Uh, Lord, we thank you that it is uh, so plain speaking. Lord, we admit this morning that what we've heard is not difficult for us to understand. We need to agree uh, in the Lord together. Lord, we know that our um, hearts, though, are so often deceptive. Uh, They're so often willing to give in to sin, uh, to choose uh, resentment, uh, to choose bitterness uh, rather than forgiveness. Lord, pray that you teach us again uh, the wonder of the gospel. Lord, help us to remember that we are sinners. Uh, We are those uh, who acted as your enemies, and yet those who've been saved by your love in Christ Jesus. Lord, we praise you for that. But Lord, we praise you that we wouldn't just take that for ourselves uh, and not apply it to the way that we live amongst others. Uh, Lord, I pray for uh, Regent's Chapel here, Lord, that it would be a church that is united in the gospel. Uh, Lord, I pray that it would be a church that when it falls out uh, would quickly agree. Lord, I pray that it would be a church that would be effective in helping one another to do that. And Lord, I pray that through its unity and through its love for one another uh, it would be an effective witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm going to hand back over to John. Are we going to see? very much. Uh, that concludes this morning. Um, hope you've enjoyed yourselves. Uh, and like I say, next Friday we have a, an Easter service uh, and on Sunday as well. So if you are available, please come around. This evening also we have our prayer meeting uh, and space also. Thank you very much. <laughs>